love listening to that intro song. It still gets me jacked. And when I first received that song, I was on the fence, but there was something about it that still kind of bumped. And I'm not going to lie, when it comes on, I get jacked. And that's exactly what it's supposed to do. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Mad Yet Mighty. I'm your host, Megan Cipollone. Yes, that's who that is. Have to say it full every single time, loud and proud. I have to ask, has anyone else seen this absolutely... I'm flabbergasted, quite frankly, to be, to be, to get started about this. How does something like this happen? There is the, con- and I know the second I say it, everyone's going to be like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. The controversial Walmart Christmas sweater. I don't, I don't even understand. Let me explain. There was a purchased sweater, Christmas sweater, that Walmart was selling. The one that I saw was blue and it had a big old Santa on it with huge, peeping, wide open, cracked out, quite literally, cracked out blue eyes. It said, let it snow. And on the table, there are three lines of I what I would assume is snow. <laughs> And Santa is holding what seems to be an object that one would snort said snow with. And when I first read, yes, you heard that correctly. If you're hearing for this for the first time, I feel so pleasured, not pleasured, shit, not pleasured. I feel so honored to be able to have told you that first because I was as shocked when I read the headline. And when you go and look up the picture of the sweater, it's mind-blowing. It's absolutely mind-blowing how somebody would even purchase. It's, I mean, it's freaking hilarious. I don't even know what I would have done if I was walking through an aisle in Walmart and looked up and saw that. I would be like, what? This is some sick joke, but a really funny sick joke. Walmart pulled it from the shelves Shocking. How how is it even getting to the shelves? Like, can we just stop for a minute? Like, how is this how is this getting past anyone, anyone of higher ranks? Santa snorting lines and with let it snow. I'm I'm just shocked that it made it. It made it all the way to the freaking racks, which is unbelievable. And somebody just was like, you know what? Somebody out there is has one up on all of us and is brilliant and has planned this methodically and lived it out to fruition and was probably one of the best Christmas pranks ever. Like this doesn't just slip through the cracks. This was like an on, this had to have been an on purpose prank. Walmart cleared it from its shelves as Walmart would and should do. And then it went up on Amazon and it's like the number one selling Christmas sweater on Amazon, obviously. I mean, who isn't going to buy? I mean, I'm not going to buy it. I'm going to rather wear my my velvet, my velveteen mistletoe overall pantsuit that I have that I love to rock with a white turtleneck that I will be rocking with a white turtleneck. But I I thought that was absolutely hilarious. I mean, someone out there is really just is really just living the next level above all of us. You know what I mean? That just takes a different kind of brain. 
Anywho, I hope everyone's had a really great holiday season thus far. I, what have I been up? Thanksgiving was wonderful. I went to Thanksgiving with, or (laughs) went to Thanksgiving with my, yeah, went to Nashville with my family for Thanksgiving and we had a great time. Saw Frozen 2, absolutely freaking loved it. Went through another spiritual experience while seeing it. I don't know what it is. It's it's Frozen and it was a star is born. Well, Frozen 2, I don't know. Frozen 1 hit me in all the ways possible. Elsa's storyline just speaks straight to my soul. I know a million, millions of other little girls out there, all of us little girls out there just looking up to Elsa. This bitch, that bitch touches this bitch. Let's just put it that way. And Frozen 2 was extremely for adults. To the point where if I had a child and she, I don't, I, I, the questions that I would say probably would come about from a child watching Frozen 2, very deep storylines. I have to pause for a second because my precious baby is playing by himself on his back. Oh, God, I love him. He's so cute. You just want to, just want to schnuck him. Frozen 2, absolutely phenomenal. Cried probably about, I don't even know how many times during it. So, yeah, definitely experienced that's that connection. If you're if that's if you haven't seen Frozen 2 and you're all you are all about Frozen 1, then you should definitely see it while it's in theaters. You always got to I don't know what I'm going to do when movie theaters aren't a thing anymore and I'm not able to go and even though I have this weird thought that I always have when I go into movie theaters and I'm laying in the chair now, especially our Lazy Boy chairs, the big ones that go all the way back, it's very Wally reminiscent. And when I'm sitting there with my popcorn and with my drink, which, you know, I try to watch my I try to watch my figure when I go to the movie theater or else normal me. No, normal me. Actually, the movie theater is the one place. Who am I shitting? Who am I kidding? The movie theater is the one place where I've come alive. I've brought everything from fried chicken into a movie theater. I've brought Chipotle into a movie theater full meals somebody looked at me one time and I think it was a male who I was potentially either on a date with or it was definitely that because I remember in my mind being like don't you fucking judge me it was definitely a guy that I was on a date with I said um yeah if if you go to a movie you got to bring you got to bring the goods and I and he was like you like looked at me like I had seven heads and I was like excuse you you haven't lived until you've brought in a full course actually appetizing meal into a movie theater you don't know you have no idea the life you're living take it from me sir anyways I digress the movie theater you must go see it in the movie theater it's I I don't know what I'm going to do when they're not there, not getting the full experience. I mean, yes, obviously, do I love to lay on my ass, on my back, tease up in the air, watching something on my television? Sure. One of my favorite pastimes. Love it. We'll do it all the time. But there's something about seeing a movie in a movie theater and they are a dying breed. Our movie theaters are getting more jazzier and getting more, there's more to them now because that's how they're keeping people. The booze, the food, the the different knickknack, cool things that you some places have to serve your own popcorn. I love that. I love to layer my own, love to layer my own salt versus popcorn ratio. It's all about the ratios. And 
what else? Yeah, the booze, the like waiter, the whole waiter thing. I don't know. I'm not really into that. I feel like it's just very distracting. I mean, I'm into it and I'll totally partake, but it also is very distracting. And just anywho, back to my vision that I was talking about when I first started talking about movie theaters. Next time you go to a movie, think about this. Think of just if somebody took the roof off of a movie theater and was looking down at everyone just laying, it's a room full of people all laying on their backs together, just staring at a screen. It's the most weird. It's the one of those existential things that this poor, this poor, beautiful, deep mind, like that's the thought I'm having while I'm sitting in the movie theater. I'm having this existential out of body, like, bird's eye view vision of and laughing at just how disgusting we all look laying on our backs with popcorns on our bellies feet up in the air we're all just it's just people laying in rows in a room together it's the weirdest thing but I love it so what are we gonna do what are we gonna do when they go away I don't know I really don't I really freaking don't. What I wanted to get into, and I'm very excited to get into, it wouldn't be a Mad Yet Mighty episode without some kind of behind the scenes. Am I right? Am I right? Yes, I'm right. Behind the scenes, Mad Yet Mighty Christmas edition, where we're going to be kind of breaking down a couple of awesome facts that I that I came about and obviously just had to share. So let's get started. One of the main Christmas movies, obviously, is Elf. And it was funny to me to find out that Elf was originally written back like in back in the nine, like early 90s was when they first originally wrote the screenplay. And it was made with Jim Carrey in mind. Which obviously makes sense. I mean, Jim Carrey is, and still in my heart, is one of the comedic. He's absolutely batshit crazy, but all of the greats are. They wouldn't be great if they weren't nuts. Like, watching him in interviews blows my mind. He's just, he can't, it's not an act. It's not, I think that's the whole thing with him is that he's he's draining and he's exhausted. Like I, he seems like he's like draining, exhausting to be around. And I'm sure that I know that he probably in some way feels that as well because anyone who was like con- like has that energy and just has that personality. I mean, I'm obsessed with it. It's what makes him authentically and amazingly the star and the like the comic that he is. Watching him in interviews, he just is a performer. He just is funny. And I love that. And I feel like, you know, a little bit of me relates just a smidgen. And I'm allowed to give myself that. He's such a funny storyteller. He can be talking about walking to his mailbox and you're just on the edge of your seat. I love it. I envy it. I he's just an awesome storyteller. But so to me, them making that movie with him in mind doesn't shock me at all. It would be a way different movie, and quite frankly, I'm going to say something that's going to burn a lot of people's biscuits. It's going to rub a lot of people's, it's going to rub Santa's tummy the wrong way. That was not a good, that was not a good one. Honestly, I think Elf probably, and not probably, X that word from that sentence, Elf would be a better movie for me if Jim Carrey was Buddy the Elf. I don't, I'm going to, this is so polarizing, and you're not going to, most people will not agree with me, because Elf is one of the if not the most played, oh my, it's on ABC Family, kill me so much. 
I have never really liked Elf. I haven't. There. I said it, okay? Curse me all you want. Think I'm psychotic. I don't care. There are v- I, I will go to bat for any other of my Christmas movies in my, in my arsenal. Elf is not one of them. It's not funny to me. I honestly, the funniest part is like Dinklage and that whole thing. The angry elf. I don't even think angry elf's funny. That movie isn't funny. So when I hear people constantly quote it and constantly talk about it, I have to sit there because <laughs> I've just stopped. I've stopped saying that I don't like it because it's it brings people such a visceral reaction that I frankly don't like. I get tired of having I get tired of having to defend myself of how I think Elf is a shit movie. I don't even think I'll, I don't think even think I'll painfully watch it. Like I don't want to watch it. If it's on, I, I I change it. It's not funny. He it's he, it's stupid. It's too much. Like I'm sorry, and I know this is probably upsetting a lot of people, but it's the Christmas season, and it's all about love, and it's all about acceptance, and you just gotta accept it. Accept me for who I am. Elf would have been better with Jim Carrey, in my opinion. It would have been um probably. I would actually love to see that. Can we get that? Can Jim? Can we call Jim up and can Jim play and do a re... Can we do a version of Elf with Jim Carrey? I would be obsessed with that. I am all... I'm going to start a GoFundMe that says Jim Carrey needs to be Buddy the motherfucking Elf. Speaking of Jim Carrey, this is one of the coolest behind the scenes little tidbits that I feel like I I don't know I I I read this and then I watched interviews with Jim Carrey which is what made me go on that rant earlier about him so as we all know Jim Carrey went on to play another amazing part in a classic film How the Grinch Stole Christmas live version not the butthole cartoon I'll tell you one thing I'll flip faster than than damn elf is if I, and I got tricked, I got bamboozled the other day. I clicked on How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I, I could not wait. I haven't seen it. You know what? I'm probably going to watch, I'm going to watch that tonight. Haven't seen it yet. I don't feel like I've watched and consumed enough Christmas content. I've been like listening to the Christmas music, the Christmas music. I have my Christmas decorations up, which I love and it feels so comfy in my apartment, but I don't feel like I've consumed enough Christmas TV. I have a weird thing with repeating Christmas movies. It doesn't, I'll do it, but I, there's something about knowing and how many times we've seen them. I don't, I know people can just watch it and watch it to the ground. I can't unless I really like it. I will always watch the Santa Claus. Always. Always. We'll get to a Tim Allen one little fact later. Always watch the Santa Claus. I will change the channel faster if it is the How the Grinch, How the Grinch Stole Christmas cartoon. I mean, are you shitting me? Talk about talk about the worst boring snoozer of your entire life. The best part of that is when they're cutting the roast beasts and how they say roast beasts and when they all do their ending scene. Love that. Passionate about that. Can't stand the cartoon. Back to Jim Carrey playing the Grinch and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So Jim Carrey had to actually go through they brought in a some guy from the CIA to put Jim Carrey through tor- like a torture endurance type of training. And here's why. Jim Carrey had to undergo 
and I've and I've read this before and it's blown my mind every time it comes up around Christmas I'm like oh my god I can't even imagine Jim Carrey had to go through 8.5 hours of makeup application every single time he he shot which he said ended up being he said he had to do the makeup a hundred times they did it a hundred times he is in a full body type sitting in a chair having to have an entire full body prosthetic suit put on and you're like oh well that's oh he's just he's just sitting there he's not doing he's having makeup put on him but when you really start to think about it it does it is very much reminiscent to being what what's what's the word claustrophobic you're sitting in a chair you can't move you're 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 in you can't go anywhere you know you're sitting there for the next eight and a half hours that's insane so they had to hire this guy to help him come up with different techniques and just different ways that he could get through the not basically nine hours of I, I I can't even imagine he's sitting in a chair for nine hours getting this makeup on so that they could film I I can't even imagine the shooting days for the Grinch it was probably insane but so Jim Carrey the first day he put the makeup on, he said he went through it. He said it was the worst day of his life. He finished. They like finished shooting. He went back to his trailer. He said he put his leg through his trailer wall and told Ron Howard that he's not filming the movie. And they were like, okay, we need to figure something out because he's lost. He said that he like completely lost it and was like, can't do it. Won't do it. Not doing the movie, which is hilarious to watch him talk about. So they brought this guy in and he said that the things that he was saying was just almost kind of they're so simple. But I guess, I mean, there's different techniques and like different mind, like different things that he had to like think about while he was sitting in the chair. But punching himself, having someone talk to you. He was like the Bee Gees helped me out a lot. He's like smoking every so he's like sitting in the chair as the Grinch just puffing cigarettes. He said all day to just get him through the makeup application. God, that man. He is just an absolute, yeah, say what you want about him. He's a nut. He's out there. He's a loony bin. Sure. But he's a, he's, these are the people who I put in my higher category. Their minds are just different minds. And I love him. I love Jim Carrey. Thank God he was the Grinch. Thank God he was the sassy sassy Grinch that he was making it one of the best Christmas movies in my opinion there's a lot of movies there's actually a lot of actors in How the Grinch Stole Christmas the real lot of actors that are with the weird you would have no idea that it was them with the little nose okay back to Elf so the so the one scene there's a the the one montage scene where Buddy the Elf is is going through New York and and like doing different things like waving at random people and I could just think of this the day that they did it and it was probably so much fun but the last day that they shot Elf Will Ferrell and John Farrow and one cameraman just went out running running through New York just randomly shooting and interacting with random people on the street. So all of that footage was pretty much like an improv out on the streets field kind of shot, which I can appreciate and thought that that was actually like a fun, 
a fun fact to know that in the background that the buddy discovers new york montage is a little improv montage oh my god okay so for all of our the holiday fans out there which is the do i dare say that the holiday is like the best in my opinion and it's it's it does it does it specifically takes place at christmas and new year's and it does fall around and i it's arguably not a christmas movie because i feel like you can take the same storyline and put it in a different season and it would still be the but it it does it like specifically takes place around the holidays they're on holiday they're going on holiday it's christmas break what am i no you know what i take that back is it 100% falls in the line of christmas cuz i know there's that fight with home alone 2 and people are like, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. And you have the people that are like, Die Hard is such a Christmas movie. And I'm over here like, I don't care. I've never seen it. And I've never said that out loud. So as the movie fanatic in me, I just aired a grievance that I've been holding very deep down inside of me for a very long time. But anyways, I digress. Back to the holiday. So the website that Kate Winslet's character and Cameron Diaz's character, Iris and Amanda, they used to swap houses and they get on. It's the really old like AIM style. And you can hear it just is like the shoddiest looking program. Come to find out it's an actual real website where you can actually do that. And I was, oh my God, once again, the nerd in me is like, that is so cool. So that was not a fake website. That was real. And you can go and live out your own holiday, which I think about all the time. Would I actually, could I actually go somewhere? I actually could go somewhere for a week and be extremely happy. I'm just a loner. And I'm not saying that I'm a, I don't like, I, I like, I like to be by myself. I like my own time. I enjoy, I enjoy thought and inflection. Do I love going out and being around my friends and people? You bet your ass. But I very much enjoy solace. And I, I don't think I would go crazy going somewhere and swapping and going somewhere for a week. It actually would be amazing. So sign me the freak up. Okay, this is where we're going to go back to the Santa Claus here for a brief minute to talk about Tim Allen. So Santa Claus, obviously one of the best Christmas movies, hands down, Scott Calvin. Tim Allen plays Scott Calvin, a.k.a. Santa Claus, but Disney has a very strict policy on hiring ex-cons, which I forget all the time that Tim Allen is an ex-con because he pleaded guilty and was caught to having very large amounts of cocaine. I feel like there's a running theme here. Cocaine, let it snow Christmas sweater, the cocaine at Chris, the snow, the coke. I don't know what I'm saying. Anyways, he pleaded guilty and was caught with... 1.5 pounds of cocaine so dealer quantity we're talking and I did find this out as well is that the way that he got off a little bit more scot-free is that the saying (laughs) haha no pun intended he snitched on the other people Tim Allen Tim Allen is a snitch and I'm gonna say this right here I'm gonna go on record if my ass was on the line and I got caught for having Possession of a a pound and a half of cocaine. (sighs) Damn, I can't believe I'm going to say this. And I don't know what the serious of like prison or I I actually think he did have to do prison. I'm like pretty sure. 
I probably should have looked this up, but I've read before. I'm pretty sure I've read before that he had, he's a, was it a fellow? Anyways, people are just rolling in their graves as they're listening to me try to muddle through my thoughts here. We'll go back. We won't, we'll put you through that anymore. Yeah, dealer quantity. So Disney had a very strict policy, no ex-cons. We at Disney, we don't accept the cons. We can't have the cons. We can't have them ruining our vibe. It's not in our, it's not in the Disney way. God love Disney. Do I get it? Absolutely. I mean, especially since they did forget, well, they, they allowed Tim Allen, I don't know what, like what had to go down to allow that happen, but he clear he got cleared and went on to play Scott Calvin, Santa Claus, Popo Shisho, as we know, which is one of the best movies of all time. The amount of lines and Tim Allen's humor, he's another one that I just... The way that he is, it's the frankness, it's the shortness, it's such a different but so funny and just so, I don't even know, thinking about him, God. And yeah, do I love Santa Claus 2 and 3? You bet your ass I love Santa Claus 2 and 3. I think they're great. 3 starting to get a little much for me, but it has Martin Short in it, so I'm absolutely obsessed with it, even though I cannot stand him playing Jack Frost. I love him, so I have to support it. Santa Claus 2 is absolutely fabulous. The storyline with the principal and falling in love and the meter and the magic. It's a great, it's a great Christmas love story. I, I'm just over here cheesing like a little, like a little child. Definitely love a sequel. I do not, I will not shame against any sequels. So Santa Claus, but Santa Claus 1, my God, even the way that it's filmed and the intro song, the ugh. It's oh no! It starts with "Hark the Bells" song because of ding dong ding dong. Yep, that's how it starts. But then that is also in it. God, it's just so good. And Bernard, who could forget Bernard? I can't forget Bernard because Bernard visited my home when I was a child and scared the living shit out of me and my siblings. One of the reasons why I was a believer, I was a believer for a very long time in Santa Claus. I was a believer until sixth, seventh grade. And I say that and I'm freeing myself of that. And I'm letting you all know, I'm letting you all know, some of you might already know that, yes, I believed in Santa Claus till I was about 13. Isn't that when you're in sixth? Is it 12? Sixth grade going into seventh. I believed so freaking hard in Santa Claus because like I said, Bernard came and visited my home. My parents would make us stay at the top of the stairs Christmas morning. My mom would stay with us. We're freaking our shit out. I, Christmas night was always so stressful. Like you're laying down and but I don't know. At least this is how it was for me. All night long, I think I'm hearing shit. Something's on the roof. I just heard there was a clatter. There was a clatter on the roof. There's a reindeer on the roof. I can't move. I've frozen in my bed. I'm staring up. I think I'm breathing too loud. Stop breathing. Oh my God, they're going to hear me. And then I think, but it's Santa. What is he going to do? Kill me? The the amount of fear I had Christmas night hearing Santa, thinking that he was going to open my bedroom door and he was going to peek and I was going to see and and what? See the jolly man in the jolly red suit with his beard and and scream? Isn't that horrible? I don't know if I would have screamed, but I'm not the only one. Everyone was scared shitless Christmas night, right? And especially if you heard something, I was, I mean, I didn't sleep a wink 
I did not sleep a damn wink Christmas Eve because my ass was too scared. Something, I was going to hear something, know something. It was easier to go to sleep, but that obviously didn't happen. Wake up the next morning or not waking up because we've already been up for seven hours because we would get up at like four and like go into my parents' room at like five and like six and said they had to like set a time and and they had to tell us, do not come in our room until the clock reads who knows what time it was probably extremely early because my all we all wake up early do not come in our room until the clock reads 730 or 700 so we would just sit in there already awake so my parents have to get everything set up started doing it the night before four kids there's a lot there's a lot of shit anywho we'd stand at the top of the stairs while my dad went down to check to make sure the coast was clear to check and make sure that santa wasn't there that one of the elves wasn't there and that we could safely go down safely like once again see like what is this what is this talk safely like they're gonna like attack us and kill us and we could go down and all will be well well, my dad goes down and all of a sudden we hear banging and running and the the scariest shit sound of a single jingle bell just radiating through the house with a large, whoa, just, just crazy batshit noise pandemonium coming from downstairs. Instead of us being excited, all of us instantly freaking out, running back into rooms, probably starting to like tear up and mom and just was like it was once again amazing yet traumatizing in the best way so there was that time there was a time we got locked in the basement and it was like the craziest it was another grandma and grandpa were in town and it's christmas and we wanted to sleep in the basement and and we wake up christmas morning and we start running up the stairs and <coughs> god sorry i'm just I'm so expressive. It's just. Oh, and I'm not going to edit that out because it's going to be too much. So deal with it. Roll with it. So expressive. I just choked a little bit. We running upstairs from the basement to, to, to just be upstairs and see Christmas morning. And the second our hands reached the handle, it was like a movie scene. The lock. The, it, the door is locked. And then we hear banging footsteps and another ho, ho, ho. You know, the works. Instantly, we start screaming, run down the stairs, another traumatizing time where we're having these interactions. Santa is is locking us in the basement and then running. It's just, it's the best thing in the world, but also just the most traumatizing. So as you can see, there's other things, cookies, letters, um, I can't even remember the other pieces that were they probably are par- my parents did for us which was the most amazing part about growing up is that growing up with Christmas is that that's what makes Christmas fun is that belief and watching the kids get so excited about Santa Claus oh I love it the little cousins are starting to get older and we're we're around them just on Christmas so it was cute watching them watching them still have that belief it it, it makes it fun you know just Sometimes we get real wholesome here on, real wholesome here on Mad Yet Mighty. Just, just laid it all out there. So that's why I believed till uh, Santa Claus till I was about in the sixth grade. And then I had to confront my mom because I was at the mall with one of my friends and her family or her, my friend and her sisters and her mom. And they were all going about, you know, one of their 
probably like cousins younger cousins who like stopped believing and I was like ooh, and I started to like catch wind a little bit like I wasn't completely delusional I knew something was up like I knew maybe but still was very passionately believing in Santa Claus and found that out that day at the mall and had to go home and tell my mom so and we were in like the target or the target parking lot I remember and getting out of the car and I was like so Santa's not so Santa's not real she was like what and I was like mom and then I but I was like inside like damn damn it damn it it's officially it's officially done uh so all of that after Tim Allen getting busted and Disney hiring him. And thank God Disney hired Tim Allen. Right? Right. So for all of our Polar Express fans out there, I thought this was pretty interesting. So Josh Hutcherson, who, as we all know, as PETA from the Hunger Games, he was the, he did all the motion capture work for, I guess the boy's name is Hero Boy in the movie. He doesn't actually have a name. And the Polar Express is a, is a, CGI it, it's an animated movie of all these children that bore the Polar Express and Tom Hanks is amazing and plays like a bunch of different roles in it it's one that I'm kind of still on the fence about it kind of creeps me out and it's very eerie so for a while I didn't really understand it and once again I think I've watched it a million times but haven't actually watched it all the way through just because I'm just not a big I I love the message and who doesn't love freaking Josh Groban's if you if you just believe or whatever the the Christmas song is, I'm not gonna go into an operatic children. Not gonna do it. However, it's great. We all know it and we love it. So Josh Hutcherson from Hunger Games, he actually did the motion capture work for the animated. So they'll put sensors all over the actor's body and they'll actually go through it and then use those motions for for the animated. And then Daryl Sabra did the voice of the character. And who is Daryl Sabra? I'll tell you. Junie from the Spy Kids. Back in the day. Come on. You got to remember the Spy Kids. Cipollone Kids watched, burnt that VHS or burnt the Spy Kids into the ground. Burnt Spy Kids 2 into the ground. The th- wasn't there a th- Spy Kids 3D? There absolutely 100% was. Big time, big time. I thought that was really cool and really interesting. I'm always fascinated and makes me love the the animated films that do the motion capture, that they actually have the actors acting and moving, and then they make that. It's so freaking cool, and I apologize. I have a very whiny baby in the background, so if you hear any little bleeps, that's what we're getting here. You're very loved. You're very loved, so relax over there. Relax, big boy. So for all the Polar Express fans, I thought that was a fun little just tidbit. And then this one, one of my favorites. I'm going to say not a Christmas movie. It's not. It's a Halloween movie. The Nightmare Before Christmas was all clay animated, and it was directed by Tim Burton. One single minute of footage took a week to shoot. So I'm going to say that again. One minute of footage took a week to shoot. So the entire motion movie took three years to make. I can't even imagine. So they would film and then move the arm. Stop. Move the arm. Take. Take a picture. Stop. Move the arm or move the mouth. 
that's what it means when they do stop when it's a stop motion movie three years to make that beautiful masterpiece that once again I am going to have to say in my eyes even though they do cover Christmas it's not a Christmas movie it's a Halloween movie and this Halloween baby knows her favorite Halloween movie and it is The Nightmare Before Christmas not a Christmas movie however just wanted to share that because I love behind the scenes tidbits and I love sharing them with you so that is the end of my behind the scenes Christmas I hope you enjoyed um yeah you know reflecting back for me I you know what are we thankful for going into the new year all of these all of these new thoughts not new thoughts, but thoughts that we revisit all the time. Looking back for me, 2019 was a very big transformative year. I've gone through a lot of changes, a lot of changes. I, safe to say, looking at myself in the mirror, I am not the same person I was a year ago, not even remotely close a year and a half ago. It's, it's a different chick standing here but as I've realized you know new level new devil there's always something there's always something we're going to be battling y'all and I think this moment when we can actually understand that and understand that each life's what you like so our our perspective and the reason why I'm going on this little tangent right now is just because for me, looking back on what I'm thankful for, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for like the insane amount of growth that I've had and physically, emotionally, spiritually, I've got my health, got my health on track in all aspects. And I want to continue that health. I want to continue making and living and loving in myself as much as possible, making sure that my, that I'm going to be aging gracefully and that doesn't just mean looks but like what's happening inside my body what's happening in my head I want to continue on this path of upwards but just the moment that we 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 get to the next place we don't expect or realize that there's going to be something else that happens there's going to be the new devil quote unquote new level new devil I'm loving that saying so yes, I've had this amazing transformative year and I'm in a completely different place. But what's making me realize this new level, new devil coined term that I'm now saying is so I've been, I'm in a completely new job role. I'm in the same company that I was at. I have the last couple of months have been crazy. I've been in been in my new role now for three months, three and a half, four months. And prior to that was the preparation. It was the starting the shadowing and starting the interviews and interview and then <clears throat> multiple interviews and finally accepting the offer to move into this new department where my day is now completely different. I'm in a completely different time frame of a day. The last five years, I've been like second. I've worked later, worked second shift and had my mornings about me. The job, my, my structure was was different and I, and I knew what I was getting into. However, 
anytime you start a new job, it's absolutely crazy. And I, I feel like it's, we, once again, it's one of those things like we don't, like we expect it, but we don't because the job previous, like we're in this place of comfort and we know, we know what our days are like. And then we're like, I want, you know, I'm ready for something. And then we put ourselves in that new something and they're like, oh my God, what's going on? That's what, that's what I've been experiencing. And I've been having trouble coping with it. I've been having trouble because <clears throat> what's happening really, I'm just going to get blunt, is that I've, I've been feeling very insecure in my day-to-day life. And for anyone who knows me, whether it's listening to this podcast or whether you know me in person, I have never in my entire life have been an insecure person. It's just not, I might not feel, I might not have strong self-worth at times. Excuse me, I'm going to clear my throat because I can hear it and it's driving me crazy. I might not have the biggest and most fullest self-worth at times and I'm working on that however I have always been authentically confident with who I am in the faces of other people I know I know what I stand for I know what I fall for I know what my opinion is I stand by my opinion I don't I don't mind if people challenge or I just don't care because I'm so just always been so me that it's it it's been this weird thing that I've kind of dealt with my whole life as people are like, oh, you you just seem you just always seem so confident. And I'm like, I, I get that. I understand that. And I struggled with that for a while because I wasn't always feeling like I I felt confident in like what I in who I was. Once again, and with who I was in front of other people, because it is me. I mean, that that like is authentically me. But when I'm by myself, I struggled with with just what actually loving myself means. Which I've one of the things that I've worked very hard at. I'm nowhere near where I'm going to be. A month from now, a year from now, two years from now, there's always room for more healing and more self-growth. Always more room. But where I am, so by myself, there was just feelings, there just was always feelings of not really knowing what loving myself looked looks like. What does that look like in a day-to-day? So finding that was very important. Finding that's been very important recently because of this new job because the stakes are higher because my day is very different and there's things things that I am not experiencing or am experiencing for the first time it's caused which I do to put immense amounts of pressure on myself because I am a I am a perfectionist and I want to do things right and I want to do them well right away right I I not even that but I get it's not even really that it's I get down on myself when I don't know but it's like you don't know because you don't know because it's new right it's new so how can you get down on yourself for something but that doesn't matter the because we do it anyways we get down on ourselves anyways, that immense pressure constant to the point where it started to affect, it's, it started to bleed out and affect me in other places in my life where I'm typically not 
feeling insecure. And that's a very inauthentic feeling and look for me. Now, I'm sure people probably won't really realize because no one really is actually paying attention to us as much as we think we are. Like, no one actually gives a shit. People give a shit, but you know what I mean. So the fact that I have been feeling this insecurity, this stress, which I do realize is something that I'm, that I have to re, this is my new level. This is what I asked for. This is where I'm going. This is where I see myself. I'm going to be in a career where I know that I can be successful at because of who I am and my attributes. However, right now, I am feeling overwhelmed and I am feeling stressed and I'm saying that out loud and that's okay to say out loud. I feel like I haven't been honest and I really haven't opened up on the podcast the last couple of months, the last couple of episodes. I've kept it very, which are things that I wanted to do. Those were specific specific episodes I wanted to do, but I started to feel a little stressed out. <laughs> I started to feel a little anxious because I knew that I wasn't I wasn't sharing and opening up because why I, I, this is one of the first things that I wanted to do when I started this. This podcast is a passion project of mine. Nothing more, nothing less. That's what it is. And it's a place to come and to live and to speak and to be and to figure it out as I go. And maybe figuring it out as I go helps other people figure it out as they go. And that's awesome. And I'm cool with that. I'm not, I started to get scared of where I was at because of how much growth I've gone through and how, what a different person I am now than even when we first started here. When, even when we first, when I first started the podcast and that was kind of a weird feeling for me, something that I, like I said before, this feeling of insecurity of in in my life in places with family or with friends or with it's not something that is a natural feeling and that's really 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 messed with me but having to take a beat and having to take sit and actually speak to ourselves about what's realistic and what actually is like for me I'm taking way too much on and I think that like it's just like this like overwhelming this is never going to stop. It's never going to be overwhelming. And for me, I have to like snap myself out and realize that we will get to a place like we always do. We will, you will get to a place where you're going to then feel, okay, I got this. I got this. But then we also have to remember, I have to remember that when we got this, there's always going to be something else there's always going to be the next level the next devil and how we knowing that and just knowing those expectations but that's that's hard right that's being human that's what we do we look at everything we I I've meditation's helped me with that meditation and reflection has really helped me gain perspective and I felt like I was getting a really good grasp on my perspective and then I feel like my perspective kind of was starting to spin out because I was in this completely new this completely new role that is that is a little bit and by a little bit a lot more intense than my previous my previous role the days 
completely differently structured. And I wanted to come on and just be honest and share where I was. And I'm super excited and feeling great, but at the same time, (laughs) trying to feel great, but at the same time, I have really have, I have let the stress or what I'm thinking of or what I'm creating, I've let this start to seep into places where it shouldn't seep into. And one of those main places has been Mad Yet Mighty. This was my, this in the last year is one of the things I'm so thankful for. My last year, I was the happiest I've been in this last year, just doing this being and coming on and writing and creating and really just doing this for myself. It's the happiest that I've been. And the last, I've taken that from myself a little bit with these last couple of months. And then previous to that, I also too, I I feel like I had to take a little bit, I had to step back and realize that I had been documenting my life for like a year and a half and really, I mean, really, but that's, but that's what I wanted to do. And anyways, I'm just, I'm just being a human here. I'm just talking and living it out and airing and airing my dirty laundry. But really, I, we were always going to be facing something bigger and we're either going to continue and go through it and spearhead it and really look at it as and looking at it as like successfully getting through it and patting and actually giving ourselves a pat on the back. I would wonder if you or anyone, whatever, I feel like I'm when I'm when I'm talking, I'm like talking to someone. Do you give yourself credit in the day? I I I had like this realization the recently where I I think somebody said it to me and was like, you don't give yourself any credit. And I've heard that before, but it really sunk in. I was like, you know what? In my day to day, I don't ever say, you know what? That was really that was really cool or that was really good. Or like just those thoughts, right? So this kind of cycles back around to what I said. I Yes, I, two, two, 2019 has been a great year of growth. But just because I say that doesn't mean that there's not more growth to be had. And I feel like that's something really important that everyone, that everyone, we all should understand. Is that just because we're getting better and we have gotten better, there are things that are different, you know? You might lose weight. You might have lost weight. You might have caught a new job. You might have been in, started a new relationship, move into what, whatever. There's, whatever the circumstance may be. There's always going to be something else. But it's how. But looking at it, I'm going to use and utilize. Utilize the fact that I know. There's always going to be something. And as long as I just take a seat and take a step back and just know that you're doing the best that you can and give yourself some grace. It's easier said than done. Trust me, I know. But we're never not going to have that next level. We're never not going to. Don't worry, I'm not going to say it again. (laughs) So how how do we approach that and how... We approach that by 
going through it and patting ourselves on the back when we go through it instead of just saying, oh, great, now we have the next thing. Give yourself some credit. I'm talking to myself and I'm talking to you. Give yourself some credit. I sure as shit don't give myself enough. And I really am going to, that'll be one of my other pieces that I work on, that I will actively sit down and think about and, and practice we have to practice. You have that's for for me. I have to I have to practice that. Anyways, I just wanted to kind of open up and s- speak about where I was and how how I was doing and how that's affected me. So that's anxiety's a bitch, man, and it doesn't it will go away and it will come back or it will live with you all the time. It comes in different ways and I for one, I've talked about it on before on this podcast. I I deal with it. I experience it stronger than others, lesser than others. We all experience it. But it's it's tricky and if you don't get ahead of it, it is and will, it does. It does kill you. Like thinking about it and sitting around and worrying the one thing that I've done really well that's like been success, like I've been successful with the last year is when I think, when I, I made a rule for myself that the second I thought of something, I got up and did it instead of thinking about it, letting two minutes go by, letting five minutes go by, and now letting 10 minutes go by. And I'm, it, I just got up and started doing, and it made me feel a lot better. So that's what I need to get back to in my, in these couple of hours of my day when I'm at, when I'm at work, you know, it's just like taking, taking pieces and almost having to like reallocate them. Like you learn them and you know them and then something else happens and you're like, oh my God, I don't know. I don't know how to handle this. It's like, yes, we do. We have the tools. We just need to now use those tools in a different area. I don't know if I'm making any friggin' sense. So I'm going to leave on this one note. So there's this new there's this new term that all like the youngsters are using and it's like a new dating term called snow globing. And whenever I hear these terms I'm like there's no way that these are right. Like there's no way that people are actually I've never like I started to hear people use ghosting, but I feel like people used it to like dis- to be descriptive or to like make fun of more so. I just say they stopped texting me back. Like, I still don't say he ghosted me. Like, it's just just weird. However, snow globing is apparently when people will couple up on the holidays or you'll get swooned in on the holidays to just be a part of holiday function. And then apparently, like, pe- people are just like, he or she, you get dropped. So that whole idea of, like, being in this whirlwind and being in this holiday snow globe and then being dropped, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. But I understand how people would do it and it makes sense. And I'm sure the dating apps, the dating apps around Christmas time, I had to delete. I deleted mine right now. I've been dating hardcore for like the last couple of months and I am exhausted. And I know that it's time to always every now and again, you got to delete. You got to delete. You got to recharge. Am I right or am I right? Whoo, baby. Well, y'all, it's been a trip. It's been it's been a wild ride. Christmas, a little touching, traumatic Christmas stories, you know, just a great, just all in the day's work. And I, I, I hope we all aspire to make our children believe in Santa Claus until they're seventh, in the seventh grade. I think that's something that we should all aspire to be, you know? Well, on that note, 
If you're still listening at this point, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join me here. I hope everyone has a wonderful holiday, a wonderful Christmas. If we don't talk before the new year, which I'm going to try, but if not, we'll talk before the new year. Well, there'll be an episode right around then. You know, I, I'm going to enjoy the holidays and then we'll, we'll, we'll chat. Once again, thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Mad Yet Mighty. I'm your host, Megan Cipollone, and happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, ho, ho, ho. Happy holidays. Bye.